Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest from Hannibal Torres, George Hooksrider Fisher. And now, here is your host, Rob Pasquale. It is mid-October. Welcome to another great edition of the Squared Circle Pit. I have an awesome guest in a few minutes. You'll be hearing my conversation with Cannibal Corpse frontman and die-hard wrestling fan, George Corpse Grinder Fisher. Corpse Grinder has been a WWE, WWF fan since the early 70s and talks a lot about his favorite wrestlers, how he watches, how he keeps up with the show on the road, and a ton of great stories. And I want you right now that you're listening, try to guess like in current WWE, who is Corpse Grinder's favorite wrestler or favorite act or favorite tag team or favorite, you know, whatever. And and try, try to think, what, what would you think it would be? Who do you think it would be? And I think when you get his answer, you'll be surprised to hear what it is. Before we keep going on the last show, I, I said, you know, TNA might be out of business by the time you're hearing this. Thankfully, TNA is not out of business. TNA is going to be sticking around at least through the end of the year. Still a little unsure what's going on there with the financials. There's been rumors that WWE actually did purchase the tape library. Now, this is all a rumor. This is not confirmed. I believe Dave Meltzer reported this, that they purchased the tape library, just the archives, and with that money, TNA was able to fund the TV tapings that they had last week, which will take them through the end of the year. Whether that's true or not, we do not know. But another interesting twist to this scandal is WWE sent a survey for their network about what sort of content would you be interested in. And they're pitching this tiered model where... You know, there would be a free version of the network where you would be able to watch five hours of free content a month, not including the pay-per-views and NXT, or a $5 version for mobile, which would give you that, like a limited viewing and the big four pay-per-views, the $9.99 tier, which would be what it is now, and then a new tier, a $14.99 or possibly a $12.99 tier, which would also include, this is the part that's intriguing, uh, content from Ring of Honor and TNA and other indie promotions. Now, uh, Dave Meltzer has made it clear that no such deal is in place. They're just kind of feeling out what their audience wants. But I think that would be so cool if WWE started uh, broadcasting other networks, other other promotions, I should say, on the network, uh, much like UFC does with Fight Pass with their over-the-top network. That would be pretty cool. One thing I would love is just more old content on the network. I know cumulatively it definitely adds up, but I'm sure each clip doesn't get that many views, but it would be great to get more WCW Saturday nights, like from the 90s, the early 90s stuff. It'd be great to get more vintage 80s stuff from all the other promotions like UWF and uh, Mid, uh, Mid-Atlantic and all, all those... All those promotions where they only have like two or three clips of more Smoky Mountain wrestling would be cool. That would be awesome. And, and what I really want, I, I mean, I'm sure all these are on YouTube would be like old episodes of Superstars and Wrestling Challenge, the stuff that I watched when I was a kid. That would be awesome. The big story, though, of the week is that it's been confirmed. It's locked in while it hasn't been announced officially on TV. They've just started teasing it uh, that Goldberg is going to face Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Now, I talk a little bit about this with uh, Corpse Grinder a little later about the entitlement of the fans, and, and we'll get to that during the interview. But it's it's very weird for me because you know I was ne- like I wasn't that big of a Goldberg fan. He wasn't necessarily a great wrestler. He was just the top guy. He had a great look. Uh, I do appreciate the fact that he's Jewish. <laughs> Having a top guy Jewish, hey, sure, why not? But I don't really necessarily care about this match. I don't. I'm not clamoring for it. I don't care about a Goldberg return. I love Brock Lesnar. He's probably my favorite wrestler on the roster right now. And I guess this is going to be a cool match. It's definitely going to give a cool vibe to Survivor Series. To me, it's pretty clear that this was a directive from the the video game company 2K, who does the WWE 2K video game, which just came out this week. And they were like, hey, we're promoting the game. Get Goldberg out there. as It's basically a commercial for the game. 
and Survivor Series happens right before Black Friday, which is a big sales day for video games. So it's all it all makes perfect sense on the marketing front. How they're going to build up the angle, we'll see. Goldberg's going to be on Raw this Monday, and I'm sure it's going to continue through Hell in a Cell and to Survivor Series. So I'm, I'm intrigued on how they make this feud interesting. Obviously, Brock Lesnar has to win the match. This is from everywhere that I read. Goldberg only signed on for this one match just to do this to promote the game or whatever. Brock Lesnar has to win, and it makes sense because when they wrestle each other at WrestleMania 20, which if you haven't seen... I think it's maybe the first time on ma in mainstream WWE that the crowd completely revolted against the match. They were booing both guys. The most popular guy in the match was Steve Austin, who was the special guest referee, who ended up stunning both of them at the end of the match anyway. Go back to that match. It wasn't necessarily a good match. I guess both of those guys knew this was going to be their last night in the company, so they weren't going all out. But you know what? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a little intrigued, but not that intrigued. I, I will say that. What I am intrigued about is these Raw vs. SmackDown Survivor Series matches that they're announcing. I think that'll be a cool way to kind of extend some of the feuds that are going on without having to put these guys in new matches. For example, on the Raw vs. SmackDown main event, who's to say, you know, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens can't be the captains of their teams? Get Seth Rollins on the team, get... Dean Ambrose on the SmackDown team, and then, you know, you have these teams fighting for their brand, but also have the infighting. It could lead to some cool situations. I really hope one of the Survivor Series matches that they do is a Cruiserweight Survivor Series match, because I think that would be really, really cool. All right, that's, that's my ranting for the week. And as always, I love to hear from you. Give me a tweet, at Rob Injection, Squared Circle Pit. I always post wrestling stuff, at Squared Circle Pit. Uh, with no E in circle. And of course, on the page, if you go to metalinjection.net slash square circle pit, if you go to this episode page, I have a speak pipe widget. You can now leave voicemails and uh, the voicemail isn't, isn't a complete joke like some of the ones you've been leaving. I'll play it on the show. All right. Uh, at, after this interview, I want to talk a little bit about the New Japan pay-per-view, King of Pro Wrestling. But for now, here is my interview with George Corpse Grinder Fisher. Well, the problem is uh, I haven't really caught up on what's happened in, like, WWE. <laughs> I have, like, I came home for the last tour, and uh, I have, like, 18 episodes of uh, Raw. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot. But, uh, so, I mean, like, if it were me, I would just give up on it and, like, maybe watch the pay-per-views and, and then... I yeah I I pretty much have been doing that, but I like to see the segments with uh, Enzo and Cash, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple. Of, there's 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 things I don't want to miss, you know. So I just slowly go through it. Eventually, I'll catch up to it, and then this is when we go on tour. You know, you're talking four weeks, we're gone, maybe five, and then we get home, and I just I'm dude. Look, I I, I watch Marvel's Agents of Shield, and, and I I watch very few like series TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones I do, I have DVRs totally you know, almost storage filled because there's things I have that I'm just like, oh, I'll watch it later. You know, because, <laughs> of course, I'm playing Warcraft, and that takes up time, and it's really hard to play and watch TV at the same time, you know. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, that's cool. So who are, some okay. of your, who's, who are some of your other guys right now, like other than Enzo and Cass, who else do you like right now? <clears throat> Well, I just, like I said, I have, I mean, currently I, I haven't really watched that much, you know what I mean? But I like, mean, in re, like in the last year or so, like who, who has been saying? Well, last year, Seth Rollins is really good, you mm -hmm. know. I think, I think a lot of people are uh, into him. You know, I, I, I like, I I had up and down moments for me with, with certain wrestlers because I used, you know, I usually favor the bad guys, you know, just yeah. the cooler ones. <laughs> but it just depends, you know, like Chris Jericho. I always like him. I've, I've met him before. He's an awesome dude, you know. Um, metalhead as well, you know. Of course. Of course. Uh, but, um, you know, the whole, all the guys from The Shield. I, I think Roman Reigns gets a bad rap, you know what I mean? I agree. Um, Kevin Owens, you know. Kevin Owens is uh, is, is, is awesome, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, speaking of The Shield, fucking... Uh, Dean Ambrose. Uh, Dean Ambrose. Ambrose is, is awesome, you know, so... Yeah. He's one of those guys that's kind of like, I mean, I don't know what's currently going on, you know, but basically he's 
he's either good or bad. He's kind of like the Steve Austin, you know, where it just the stuff he does normally a bad dude, a bad a heel would get all the hell for this, you know. Mm, yeah, but he yeah, gets yeah. away with it, and, and people love him. So and that's a weird thing with like WWE. They have to try so hard to build these guys up to be, you know, uh, like you know, a heel. But everyone loves them. It's hard when the when the crowd's you know hitting all your spots with you and and whatnot. You know, it's just so hard to push that heel. And you know, it's like like when I was watching uh, when Rollins came back from the, the injury he had. Yeah. You know, and he's talking, and you could just tell he was just, he was eating up that they love that he's back, and then he just curses them all basically, and they still love him. You yeah, know, but yeah. yeah, you know, and he he knows it. All the wrestlers, they got they know it. You know. Well, I feel like if you're a big Dean Ambrose fan, you'll definitely like where they go with it in terms of the draft and, and all that stuff. But, but let's, take a, let's take a step back. I was curious, like, how did you get into wrestling? Like, when, or, or when did you get into it? Do you, do you Just know, like, in the 70s. I mean, I, I went and saw Bob Backlund wrestle because I'm from Baltimore. You know, Baltimore, mm-hmm. the Civic Center, yeah. I believe it was called. I seen Backlund. I saw Andre the Giant wrestle, the, the, the Samoans, Paul Warndorf, all just old school. Right, WWF all the big 70s. And, guys. And, uh, yeah, Baltimore we would, we was would, a big. Oh, sorry. I was yeah. going to say Baltimore, Baltimore was a big WWF town. Yeah. But go yeah. ahead. But I mean, it was cool because on TV, we would get a lot of the. Uh, the the the, uh, the NWA stuff as well, you know. Oh, so yeah, Ric yeah. Flair, who Ric Flair, by the way, who's the greatest wrestler ever, and anyone that contests it can kiss my ass. I agree. I can't. That, Ric Flair, no number one. Yeah, number absolutely. one, greatest ambassador, greatest fucking wrestler, greatest. There's very few people you ever see talking trash about him, except like Kevin Nash or somebody. You know what I mean? Except, except for people, know. people who he owes money to. That's the only thing. <laughs> well, he probably owes people a lot of money. He's, <laughs> I guess, he's not done well with money, or whatever. But it, you know, hey. But wrestling wise, he just... don't owe me money, so I don't care. You know, if he <laughs> yeah, borrowed yeah. money from me, I'd be like, you ain't never gonna pay it back, Ric Flair. <laughs> No, but in the ring, he is untouchable. And on the mic, I agree. Ric Flair is absolutely. He's the greatest, man. I mean, yeah. he, to me, I mean, he's my all time favorite wrestler. I will never. There's just nobody close to him to me. Yeah. I mean, was... obviously, you know, Hulk Hogan cha- helped change wrestling from what it was, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, but, you know, if you ever think about it, Ric Flair, he never did movies. He never did. He, he, he was a wrestler, and that's yeah. what he did. You yeah, know, Hulk, he didn't go, go try, you know. Yeah, Hogan was an entertainer. And, and Ric Flair was like the athlete, the the true professional wrestler, the wrestlers. Oh wrestler. yeah, well he was a great amateur wrestler as well up in Minnesota, why yeah, not, yeah. you know. So now uh, I mean, do turn into a wrestler. Now you you were that like Hulk Hogan, the Hulkamania thing. Like I, I'm a little younger than you, so when I started getting into it, Hulk Hogan was already a big deal. But you kind of saw it all happen from beginning to end. I'm, I'm assuming. How did you feel like when Hulk, during Hulk Hogan's rise and like kind of the transition from Bob Backlund to Hulk Hogan? Well, I saw Hulk Hogan wrestle when he was a bad guy. I saw him wrestle Andre the Giant. Oh, awesome! You know what I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, like he was he was bad dude, and he just you know. But I mean, back then it's probably a little different for me. You know, right? That's the early you know, early eighties and late seventies. You know, I mean, I was nine, ten years old, but you know, I. I Andre Giant was great because he was just huge. There was nobody like him at all, you know. I mean, he was way more agile back then than uh, he's given credit for it for people who know him from his later years, you know, when he could right. really barely walk and his knees were killing him. But, uh, you know, and Bob Ackland, I'll tell you a story. We went to the Baltimore Civic Center. I'm fairly certain this is the first time that I ever saw it, saw, like, wrestling live. Yeah. And Bob Ackland, I don't even believe Bob Ackland was the champion at the time. I mean, trying to think of the years because it can get confusing. But anyway, my, I went with my mother and my father, and we were at the door, and Bob Ackham was there, and he was in his wrestling trunks, and, and you know, and he was just there talking to people and, and, and you know, signing things for him and whatnot. Pictures weren't even as big a deal then. Nobody would, not as many people brought cameras, you know, because mm-hmm. not like it was back then. But anyway, my, my, uh, my parents had a camera with them or something. And they were like, hey, do you want to get a picture with him? And I would not do it. I was like, oh, I was like six years old, seven years old, maybe something like that. Yeah. Maybe a little bit older, but I was petrified of him because, you know, he's not known to be one of the big muscle wrestlers, you know, 
but he was huge. I mean, especially to a little kid, you know. Of course. I was petrified, and then I didn't. And I'm so mad about that because that would be a picture I would be showing everybody in the world, you know. Like, look, this is me as a kid with Bob Ackland. But uh, you know, we went once. I just started going because of my parents and and most of the people in my family. You know, they liked wrestling and they were crazy about it too. Oh, that's I awesome. More, I went with my. Yeah, I mean, I went. With, I mean, you know, uh, I went with my my aunt Sharon and and I'll see a long time ago. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, I mean, they, they would be yelling at wrestlers and some of the stuff. You'd just be like, oh my god, my kid, what am I? Yeah, you know, what are you guys doing? You could hear all. It was crazy. Wrestling was wilder back then. Yeah. Crowds I, were wilder back then. I, I'm sure because they didn't, like, it wasn't as, I mean, I feel like everyone, always, you always knew it was fake, but people tended to believe, it, buy into it a little more, I feel, in the 70s. It was a little more. Let me tell you, well, yeah. I mean, there was more secrecy. There's no internet. There wasn't yeah. anything, you know, close to what we have now, which is good and bad, I guess. I, I To me, I kind of think it's bad because, if, you know, if, if I... I go online, you know, uh, you can you can find out things. I remember when, when Vince McMahon was bringing the NWO to the WWF, WWE, whatever. Right, but, uh, like 2002. I remember when he was doing that, and um, and I remember I was doing an interview, and I can't remember who the interview was with, and they were like, well, you know, you're in wrestling, you're, you know that Vince is bringing, and I was like, dude, what did you fucking tell me that for, man? <laughs> He's like, well, it's on the internet. I'm like, yeah, I know, I stay away from that stuff because I don't want to know. Yeah. You know, I don't want to know. I don't want to hear who's, you know, I want to figure this stuff out myself. I would sit there, you know, my wife used to be into it as well. We watched Get WrestleMania and all the pay-per-views and everything. And, you know, I used to really, really be into it a lot more hardcore than I am lately, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now I just watch it, keep up with it, but it's just really me. But, uh, yeah, we used to watch it, and I would be like, you know, especially WrestleMania and usually pay-per-views, or usually when the when, when somebody stabs somebody else in the back, you know what I mean. That's when that's when teams break up or or yeah. friends become enemies and they start their whole new program, you know, for the mm-hmm. year to build it all up. And I would always sit there and go, "Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now before this pay per view starts, here's what's gonna happen." And I would do it, and you know, sure I'd be wrong, and sometimes I wouldn't be, you know, because I just I understood how they, or at least Fig thought I did. I, yeah, I don't know you shit see the foreshadowing, really, but you know. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? They, they, yeah. they put things out there, you know. So right, right. Either way, but I, so I never it. wanted to know what was going on, you know. I, I just wanted to find it out when it happened, you know. And when I was a yeah. kid, you know, when, when the whole thing when Hogan and Savage happened and they were, you know, enemies are just like, oh, my God. That was you know. amazing. That was so fun. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. As a kid, I didn't know any of that. And I think the other side of that, too, like, I, I, I'm kind of the opposite. I love following the news and the rumors, but I, I take it with a grain of salt, I feel when, when there are rumors like that, it kind of sets up false expectations. Let me give you an example. I, I don't know if you wa- you probably didn't watch SummerSlam, but, yeah. but before SummerSlam, there was, no. a lot, there was a lot of promotion for the video game. I'm not going to give you any spoilers, like not really any spoilers. But, it's all good. Uh, so like during the promotion for the video game they have coming out, you know, Goldberg's doing interviews and stuff. And yeah. then, so then people are like, oh, Goldberg's going to show up at SummerSlam. Like, the rumor is Goldberg is showing up at SummerSlam. And it's like, there was no rumor. There was no indication yeah. from WWE other than putting Goldberg in the video game. And then I was at SummerSlam because it was in Brooklyn and I live here. And during the yeah. main event, when, you know, Brock Lesnar's on the attack, people start chanting Goldberg, like expecting him to come out and save the day, but Goldberg, was, oh, yeah. Goldberg wasn't even there, you know? Everyone's like, oh, yeah. we, we expect Goldberg. That's what the rumor was, but like, there was no, like nothing in canon of the story yeah. had that, so. Well, that's I, what they gotta do now, you know? That's what they have to do, you yeah. know? I mean, you gotta put out some, some, you gotta throw out some fake flyers, you know? Because if you don't, um, people are gonna figure it out. I mean, there's all, look, there's people that, that are going to just, you know, spill the beans. Well, how do you think some of these guys, you know, find out that this guy in the NFL is going to get cut or right. if he actually got hurt worse than he did, you know? They've got the sources, and there are sources, and, you know, it's just the way it is. I mean, look, I, I, I love it from from uh, just from back when it is. I still love it, you know. I, I, I uh, like I said, I, I there's been laws of me following it more than, like, Mm-hmm. Than I used to, and now, like I said, I gotta catch up to it, you know. Yeah. Because uh, usually, I, usually I talk to uh, 
the uh, John John Davy of um Joppa of uh, yeah Joppa Cowboy. He's yeah. big in wrestling. He he wrote me. We were in Europe, I believe. I, he texted me. I still haven't texted him back. He's gonna hate me. But he's like, "You've been watching it," and I'm like, uh, "You know, because you know, I I hadn't been, you know, because we I I only knew that he was in it. It's because we did um uh, we did you know uh the Mayhem Fest in 2009. Yeah. And I rode on Joffrey Cowboys bus because our tour manager from House Guy was working for them as well on, on the Mayhem tour. Mm-hmm. So I rode on the bus with Joffrey Cowboys. They were doing an off-day show with Quick Kill Switch Engage and Whitechapel. And we went to this bar or something after. And wrestling was on. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch that. I'm, I'm taping it at home. You know, I don't want to see what's happening. I think it was Shaq fighting the big show or something. Oh, and he was like, oh, like, wrestling? Really? I was like, yeah. So we went back to the bus. And just that whole night, we buddy down, like, just talking about wrestling and, and, you know, just shooting all the shit about it. So That's funny that you mentioned um, that because I, I talk to Johnny, too, about wrestling. We text every now and then as well. And the reason I wanted to interview you is because he would always bring up how on that Mayhem Fest, you got, like, I don't know which one of you guys had the direct TV, but you would just order pay-per-views on the bus and watch oh yeah, them. I did. I ordered. Uh, I ordered one of them. It was uh, maybe a SummerSlam or something. Yeah, it was on the bus. And I was like, "Dude, come on over, you know, <laughs> drink some beer, watch wrestling." Yeah, yeah, that's that's so great. Were yeah. there any other like musicians uh, there, or was it just kind of the two of you that were broing out over wrestling? Me and him were really, you know, going going off on about the going off about the wrestling. You know, more yeah, than yeah. More than I can remember anybody else. There's people that, you know, oh, I watched it as a kid or this and that. Some people have gotten out of it, you know. But, yeah. I mean, you know, I will tell you uh, Dan Kenny from Suicide Silence, um, bass player Suicide Silence, mm-hmm. he has an ultimate warrior. The, the face paint, just a little like, yeah, mask. Yeah, the tattooed on his leg. Yeah, he has, he has it on his leg. And actually, Funko Pop make those little... Uh, those little figurines. Yeah. I bought the Ric Flair, of course. As soon as I saw it, Target exclusive, boom, Ric Flair. <laughs> bought that. I, um, I bought the Ultimate Warrior. I got the Andre the Giant one and Roddy Piper. Um, and I bought a, I bought the Ultimate Warrior one. I sent it to, to DK. You know, I sent it to him. Uh, and I was like, dude, I got something for him. And, you know, <laughs> just immediately thought about him because he has that tattoo, you know. So, yeah, that's awesome. I, somewhere on my phone, I have a video. He did some, like, wrestling kind of intro. I think to like, Ramstein or something. He's <laughs> talking trash. <laughs> so. I love it. Now, okay, so you're saying you're a big Ric Flair fan and you were a big WWF fan. How did you feel when Ric Flair showed up in like 1990, 91, whenever it was, with the WCW with World the title on WWF? With How crazy was that? <laughs> that was insane. That was one of the greatest moments ever. I mean, seriously, because that never happened. No one ever did that, and especially nowadays when you think about how it was back then compared yeah. to now. You know, it's, it's mind blowing. It's yeah. true. It was Holy like... moly! I, I remember seeing like when Ric Flair's DVDs. I have like all the DVDs. You mm-hmm. know, he released and everything that they wanted him to give him the belt. He's like, "Well, I put my deposit down. Why don't you give me my deposit right now? You can have the belt." And then yeah. you know, there was a bunch of I think it was Jim Hurd or somebody. Was yeah, yeah, he had, him all had a big about it. He was like, "Screw you! I put my." You know, $25,000 deposit or whatever. No, was no, it was $125,000 that the champion has to put as like uh, insurance in case you lose the belt or whatever, you know, it, it, like a yeah. deposit. And so when he got fired, he was like, all right, well, send me back my hundred twenty-five grand." And they were like, no, give us the belt back. And he's like, no, it's mine. <laughs> I, pay, I paid Vince for it. And yeah. he said, hey, I'll come, on, I'll come on to you. And he told Vince, I'll get the belt. And Vince is like, of course, yeah. Yeah, bring it, yeah. You know, crush these guys, you know. <laughs> so I was I was always bummed that they never had that match at WrestleMania, Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan. <laughs> now, you said you got you went to house shows. Did you happen to see any of those house show matches that they did? No, I didn't really. I probably haven't even. Because oh, you know what? At that point. I always, I always remember when they were, when they were trying to And I was like, man, Rick, you know, Hogan's, Ric Flair will do its best for the business. Because that's who Ric Flair is, you know. Yeah. Hogan won't drop won't drop the ball for anybody. He won't job for anybody. I mean, he you know he eventually did. You know what I mean? But it probably cost Vince a lot of money for that to happen. Yeah, not for you know? Flair, sir. But Ric Flair would have done what. But that's what I'm saying. Ric Flair would have you know done it. Yeah. You know, and, and 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 lost for the betterment of wrestling. Yeah. Because that's who Ric Flair is. You know, he, what Triple H say. You know, the only person who doesn't know who Ric Flair is is Ric Flair. <laughs> as far as, like, who, you know what I mean? Like, I'm Ric Flair. I'm this great wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he doesn't look at it like that. He's just part of the boys. He's with the boys. And, you know, I mean, 
you know, Hogan's I'm Hulk Hogan, kiss my ass, you know. I mean, no, I don't know the guy personally, so obviously this is just from just seeing things how I see them, but you know, I mean, the look, show. the proof's in the proof is in the pudding, you know. I mean, yeah, like you watch can say the, the Hulk Hogan along with, yeah, man, but the Hulk Hogan along with Vince McMahon, you know, they they built Hulkamania, whatever, and pretty much put wrestling into the next age and put it where it helped to put it where it's at now. But that could have happened just at a later time with Steve Austin and The Rock and stuff, you know. And if Ric Flair would have really pushed himself as far as the businessman goes, you know, into being, you know, who he could have been doing yeah. TV and things like that, well, he, do. he would have. It would have just been just as much if he if he'd have been with with Vince and the bigger company. And you know, Vince said it, you know, because Vince took his, you know, we bought the company from his dad. He said he, you know, his dad would have sold it to him if he knew what he was going to do with it. Yeah, and and just. Said, screw all the promoters, I'm going to do my thing wherever I, I want. I'm selling yeah. my product across the U.S. without anybody having any say in it because it's mine. I can do what I want. And if Ric Flair would have got with that back then, you would have had a, a, a lifelong rivalry in the ring as to what, you know, you know, I mean, they know each other and they're friends or whatever, you yeah. know, but I mean, like, now they are. a real rivalry, like wrestling wise, ring yeah. wise, you know? I think the issue is, like, Ric Flair was the star quarterback for the losing team. Like, in, like WCW yeah. and NWA before it, especially watching it now, like as a kid, I didn't really get it. But watching it now, it's so much clearer that WCW was so much better as a wrestling product than WWF in the late 80s, early 90s. Like the, the work rate is better. Just even like I feel like yeah. some of the gimmicks are better. But the problem was the people who ran WCW didn't know how to run a company. They didn't know how to capitalize and like do licensing and bring in revenue. Whereas... Vince McMahon, while he wasn't necessarily working with the best workers, he knew how to like, you know, present them in the most positive light yeah. and, and create merchandise and T-shirts and action figures and video sure, games. Sure, but he and had great stuff. wrestlers and whatever, you know. He had great wrestlers, you know. <clears throat> I think I think just WCW just lacked certain things when it came to the glitz and the glamour that Vince brought out, you know. Yeah. And WrestleMania became WrestleMania became it is a huge event and it didn't take long Vince had you know fam really famous people that were way more famous than the wrestlers coming sure. out and Hogan of course just you know the next thing you know he's this big star he's in you know he's movies. in the movies yeah, he's yeah. television he's on every kid's lunch box and they're wearing a shirt like you know like John Cena the new Hogan you know but even, so, even with uh, Wrestlemania if you think about it like Wrestlemania wasn't the first closed circuit event it was actually Starcade. Oh, Starcade yeah, predates I mean, it but then Vince McMahon, uh, because WrestleMania was so big, uh, would he, he, I, I'm sure you know the story. He basically, on Thanksgiving, Starcade would, would have been on Thanksgiving Day. He created Survivor Series and, and also put it on Thanksgiving Day and then uh, told cable provider or, or uh, whatever, whoever the people were running the show that you could only pick one of these shows. And if you don't run Survivor Series, I'm not going to give you WrestleMania, which is one of the biggest... Uh, you know, closed circuit gates they had, so they had to drop yeah. WCW. Yep. Which is kind of wrong. I mean, that's just... It's scummy business, I, but I it's business, you know? I agree, though. It's dirty business, but, yeah. I mean, hey, it's what it is. You have to yeah, do what yeah. you have to do to sell your product, you know? I mean, I mean, the thing is, is, look, if back then, if you wanted to see Ric Flair, you had to go to a, to an NWA or WCW event, you know? That's just the way it was, you know? I mean, it's simple as that. You want to see him wrestle, you know? Yeah. You had to... You had to go to those those uh, those shows whenever they came around. I mean, you know, look, he you can say whatever you want, you know, as far as Vince goes and, and that kind of stuff. But dude, he made wrestling what it is today. Absolutely, oh yeah. He, I don't care what. If there was never a Hulk Hogan, you know, uh, there would still he he would have still built somehow, absolutely, some way because it had a lull and he brought it back and then you know and WCW helped them to bring it back when they ignited those wars and they were doing good and then they blew it but I mean you know it was Vince built it up from basically uh, East Coast Northeast promotion into a global and we're talking global you know business mm -hmm. I mean Absolutely. you know company corporation whatever you want to, you know it's it's huge now I mean, they're, they go everywhere so, you know, I mean, look, I I do love the old WCW. I mean, mm -hmm. there were still characters there. I mean, the Four Horsemen are the greatest, you know, stable there ever will be. And, and every other stable is just attempting to be what they were. 
there'll never be another one. I don't care who you put there. It won't be even close. I mean, you're just never going to get another Ric Flair. You know, and Arn and Ole Anderson and 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 Tully Blanchard, you know, the original Four Horsemen, and J.J. Dillon with them. Come on, it's never going to get, you know. And they terrorized people. They were the best, man. They were... That was the greatest days ever. Talk about rooting for the heels, right? Like, how could you not oh. root for the, for the horsemen? Dude, they were just like, we're better than you, you know? Just <laughs> go away. We got cars. We got money. You're nothing. And they were really like that, I guess. So that's They were living the you life know, for like, sure. Like, yeah, like living that life. Like, it was crazy. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was because, you know, when you're younger, you're just like, oh. Now, a cannibal corpse, Arden of course, Rick. one of the most extreme Go bands, ahead. and I want to talk about extreme championship wrestling, which I think is the death metal of pro wrestling, <laughs> if we could call yeah, it. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, it's weird. I've never really watched a lot of it. I've heard we heard about it, especially like me and Alex, our bass player. Mm-hmm. We'd heard about it back then in the day, and I remember watching one, and somebody was wearing a freaking immolation shirt, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? What is going on here, dude?" There, there would be so many metal shirts. Raven would just wear like Morbid Angel, like all these like really really awesome. cool metal, Nevermore, and like he would wear these cool shirts, and they would play metal, like real metal. Uh, that would be the intros. Uh-huh. I think you should definitely. Uh, I don't know if you have the WWE Network. Once you're once you're past all these shows you're behind on on the DVR, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right. Look, look through like ninety five, ninety six ECW. Look through the episodes with like Cactus Jack, Raven, and Tommy Dreamer. Sabu, I feel, is one of the most innovative and underrated wrestlers of all time because he was doing besides all the hardcore stuff that he did, like he had a gr- unreal uh, barbed wire match with Terry Funk, where basically his I, I'm not sure if it was his tricep or his bicep got caught in the barbed wire and basically got teared off the bone. And he just oh. took a bunch of duct tape or whatever, taped up his <laughs> arm and finished the mat. He was out of his mind. But beyond the hardcore stuff, he did some of the most crazy high-flying moves at a time when no one was really doing high-flying. Like right when that whole cruiserweight thing was starting, Sabu yeah. was at the forefront. And I feel since, since he was in ECW, which was – way more underground, a smaller thing. He never really got the recognition or necessarily the money that would come with being such a legendary wrestler, you know? Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, dude, Terry Funk, I mean, come on, that guy. Terry Funk is... He's in it for, he's in it for the wrestling, you know? I mean, yeah. he's... I mean, Terry Funk was not, you know, known to be, like, like hardcore as he became, you know, like, for some of the stuff he did, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, of course. And, and I mean, it's crazy. Age, At first, he was crazy. an amateur wrestler. He was like a great amateur wrestler, NWA world champion. And then in the 90s, he kind of gets this whole second or third at this point, maybe wind, just doing crazy hardcore matches. It's like, and he's still kind of, he's just now finally saying he's not going to wrestle anymore. 20 years after like his first retirement match or whatever. It is. I know, really. I, I remember he had a feud with, with Ric Flair. And I was just like... I hate this guy. I was really mad. He beat the hell out of Ric Flair after. Oh, uh, yeah. After his Ricky Steamboat match. match. Yeah. Oh, that was, man, that was, was so, such a great angle. Yeah, I was so pissed. That yeah, was, was great. great. I mean, because, you know, Ric Flair, look, he brought a lot out of Ric Flair that probably Ric Flair you wouldn't have thought had, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first I mean, table spot in pro wrestling in, in the U.S. when when Terry Funk pile drove Ric Flair through the table. And can you imagine how insane that was in like 1989, 1990, seeing somebody's neck drive through the table? Like people must have... I saw it when it happened. I was like, yeah. what? I'm so mad. I'm the most screen on the TV. I was so... I was... Who is this guy? Ric Flair's going to kill you? Like, I was so <laughs> mad. Like, dude, I told you to be like... Trust me, when I was younger, I'd argue with some of my friends. They'd be telling me, dude, that's fake. I'd be like, I'll pile drive you right now. We'll see how fake that is, you know. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, and I was like, I'll suplex you. Tell me if you think it feels good, you know. And yeah. they'd be like, dude, come on. You know, I was, I knew they were right, and I just wouldn't give it up. I was like, no, you know, they hate each other. I don't want to hear this crap, you know. And you're <laughs> my friends, of course. So, you know, tell them, you know. They know, they know that I know, but I just don't want to give it up. I want to believe, you know. Well, I feel and like so fake, fake. Fake is inaccurate because, like you said, it's not fake. A suplex hurts. A power slam hurts. It's more staged or choreographed. I feel like that's a much better term to sure, use. Sure, yeah, but dude, I don't want to hear. I hate when people say fake wrestling. Man, I don't even want to hear that. It's you know, like everything's choreographed and they're working together to put on the best show they can. Yeah. But you know, nobody watches. You, fall, you know, if you if you if you get suplexed on the ground 
on a mat. It might be cushioned, but it ain't cushioned enough that you don't feel it. Come exactly. on, these motherfuckers got tons of injuries, and 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 you know, dude, they are athletes like 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 any anybody else in any other sport. And you know, I I, I fully fully commend them, and I love what they're doing. And definitely don't try this at home. You know, please yeah. go, go to power plant or whatever the hell they call it. What's the, what's the WWE uh, thing they have? Performance it's down in Orlando. Performance it's, or Orlando, I think, right? Yeah, they yeah. Have, uh, it's developmental area. Winter, yeah, winter so, park. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, look, those guys deserve just as much credit as anybody else. Yes, exactly. the outcomes are are, are are you know predetermined, but that doesn't matter. There's you know, it's not a sport like a game, a, a contest between two people who are trying to beat each other. Well, you know what I mean. And, and the outcome's not set. Obviously, it's set, but you got to look at it for what it is, and know that these guys bust their ass, man, and they're bodies are paying the price for it to entertain people and do what they love what I always wanted to do you know I respect the hell yeah nobody watches like an action movie and when someone gets shot like oh that's fake he's not really shot that's not real blood yeah I mean you know, yeah, like, it's a fucking movie you know yeah, what you yeah exactly now uh, so I want to know what are some of your uh, all time favorite matches uh, what, what matches do you keep coming back to that have that you have fond memories of there's there's matches that aren't even like pay-per-view I remember like I remember the Road Warriors and uh, Larry and I think it's, it's uh, the Axe Henning and Kurt Henning and whatever. And they it's old AWA where they busted oh, him up wow. in a chair. He was stuck in he was stuck in the ropes. They were just bashing with a chair. And the Road Warriors just destroying the shit out of him. <laughs> Road Warriors. I remember they spiked Dusty Rhodes' eye one time. <laughs> the Road Warriors were crazy. Yeah. Oh, back in the day, the Road Warriors were awesome. You know what I mean? They were fucking incredible. I remember they spiked Dusty Rhodes' eye. I remember, too, there was a pay-per-view. I think, I think it was a pay-per-view. It's WCW, I believe. And uh, Luger came, comes out of this uh, limo. It's really even a match. Comes out of this limo. It's got that limo with the big wing thing on the back of the, of the trunk, you know. And mm-hmm. he comes out. He's got this white tuxedo on. He's all like, yeah, you know, the fucking horsemen jack him and fuck <laughs> his fucking head open, take the wing and beat him on the head with it. And this fucking thing is... is, is uh, uh, it's all suit the blood all over. I was like, yeah, the horseman, you know. I remember, too, there was another thing where they had the horseman, which is, this was so ridiculous. They followed Dusty Rhodes. Yes! And he's in this, he's in this truck with, uh, with you know, PVC pipe and all, all over yeah, the truck. Yeah. He stops at some bar or something, and they tie his arm to it. And I remember him going, make it good, Daddy, make it good. And they bash his arm with uh, with this with a yes. baseball bat or something to break his arm because he supposed to fight Ric Flair or something. And I was it was his, I thought like, it was his leg. I believe it's his leg. The, the reason it's one only dude. I just remember they 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 tied into something. Well, let me tell the hell out of him. Let me tell you a story. I was oh. listening to a Cody Rhodes interview. His son Dusty Rhodes' son, and he was saying when that happened, you know, Dusty Rhodes put on a cast and he would wear the cast at home. He would be working his son into thinking he had a real injury oh, and his son, yeah. his son was so scared and like hated the horseman like why would you why would you beat up my dad like that like, that's how committed he was to the story that is so awesome yeah i mean i i remember just i remember all the times the horsemen just jump people and just <clears throat> yeah i remember too i think they had sting in there and i was like why is sting, this is oh, yeah. crap this, you know i couldn't stand him either and uh I remember they had him in the thing, and, and just I remember Arn like going like, "You don't belong." I was like, <laughs> I remember too watching it going, "They're gonna kick him out." Like before he even said that, like I was like, yeah, you know, yeah. things like, "Oh," and they're just looking at him. I'm like, "Dude, they're gonna finally do what they should have done, get rid of this Joker." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That Listen, was Barry Windham is the only Barry Windham is the only other person, horseman that could do it. Uh, nobody else. You know, once right. Ole was gone, I don't want to hear it. You know, he's the only one to me. I just no all the other Roma. people he had in. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Really? Oh, no offense. You, know yeah. I mean? I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, who else did they have? Didn't they have Malenko and. Malenko, uh, Brian Pillman, Chris Benoit. Yeah, Malenko, I, dude, that guy's a great wrestler. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Whatever. But still, in the end, it's just, you know, I'm sorry. You, you know, the classic. Only Arn, Tully, and Flair. And that's it. You know, JJ Dillon, that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I just. That's back in the day, and I used to live for when they were just going to jump somebody. Like, oh, they're going to, you know, whatever they were doing the interviews, I just always knew someone was going to come from the, from the right or left and just start beating the hell out of somebody. And, oh, it was so great. They'd be 
I remember they used to try to scold Ric Flair, like, you know, you're doing this, and I'm, I'm commissioner, or I'm the you know, manager of this or that, and mm-hmm. Ric Flair was like, ha, 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 who are you? You know, like, go away. They're afraid of you. Like, like now you, you, get, you get Stephanie, and she's just like, I can fire you, and it's like, okay. You know, it's, it's not the same thing, man. It, Ric Flair's just laughing at whoever's trying to tell Anybody in the authority, like, I'm the champion. Go away. You're not doing nothing to me. Put me in a match. That's about it, you know? What was oh, your, they were the best. What, was that your favorite time period of wrestling? Like, what is your favorite? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, you know what's weird? I, I did like I did like the stuff with the NWO and, and, and the Wolfpack thing. You know, but just, mm-hmm. you know Hulk Hogan was kind of hard to really. Yeah, I didn't really know, like that. It was you know? kind of a, a, a double-edged sword because while I thought like Nash and Hall were cool and the, the invasion concept was cool, after a while it kind of got lame. Meanwhile, on WWE, they were doing the Steve Austin versus Hart Foundation angle and DX started. Yeah. Like I that their the nineteen ninety six. Raw, like right after wrestling between WrestleMania 13 and 14, is some of my yeah. favorite wrestling of all time because the writing was so good week to week. Like I, I've watched it back since, and like knowing where it's going, it's so crazy how they had everything all set up and how every week the story kind of advanced and there was like a new layer to it, and it was some of the best storytelling they've ever done. And Steve Austin is great. I have one of my all time favorites. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's my mom's favorite. That's my mom's. That's, she kind of got out of it, I think, once he was gone, you know. Oh, so your mom she still watches it? here and there, but, you know. Yeah, that's cool. Huh? I was saying your mom still yeah, watches it? Yeah, she keeps up with it. You know what I mean? I'll show her wrestlers. You know, like, I just remember the other day I was I was showing her uh, Amazon Cash. <laughs> that dude yeah. is crazy, man. You know, I, lo- I love They're They're awesome. They're great. So, I agree. <clears throat> they're awesome. But um, so I was just showing her that. Just, you know, here and there, she knows, you know, some of the guys, you know. I mean, I, I just... Uh, uh, she's not like you know into it like she used to. We're watching yeah. every week or whatever. You know? Yeah, it's so and funny because my parents got me into yeah. wrestling too. And uh, but oh yeah, I, my whole family was into it. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, me and my friends 80s. used to do. My friends used to be stupid and do like backyard wrestling. You know, never uh-huh. jumping off. You know, table on the tables or like that. Yeah, yeah. Just regular wrestling with body slams, but on the ground like idiots. You know what I mean? Like I remember right. I power slammed my brother one time. Like I was, you know, the the. the um, uh, Hawk power slam, you know. <laughs> oh, oh wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just a running power slam, you know. I just <laughs> jumped in the air and dropped, and he's like, "Breathe!" I was like, "Oh God, what do I do?" You know, I just knocked the wind out of him. But my mother's like, "What are you doing? You're doing these stupid wrestling moves again." Yeah, we could really hurt each other bad, you know. Yeah. Doing that shit, you know, just like just being totally irresponsible idiots, you know, just like. You know, like, and we were really like, you know, putting each other figure form and, you know, trying to hurt each other. Like, give up. No, you know, put a scissor lock. Give up. No. I one time convinced my friend to, because he was smaller than me, to let me put him in the surfboard. And it, oh. he was like, it was the most pain I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, gotta look that up. It's like, oh. Did you ever have a, a cat, like, did you have a wrestling character for yourself? Like, when I was a kid, I would go by Vicious Power. Did you ever yeah, come up with a character? I might have when I was younger. I don't remember that. I remember, I, you know, we used to, me and the, the bass player, I was seeing this other band called Pans of Possession, the old bass player, Randy Buttman, we used to have, like, nights where we would play WCW NWO Revenge on, uh, oh, that's on a Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you right now, the greatest wrestling game ever invented. Yes. It is incredible. Man, we, look, we have a friend of ours, this guy Sebastian, he, uh, he's from Belgium, and he's staying here, you know, working here and whatnot, and his brother comes to visit him, and at the time, my wife and I were living in an apartment, right, not in a house like now, and my friends would come over, you know, Friday night, everybody's in the park, you know, come over, we'd just get a bunch of beer, and just, we would play Road Rash 64, and we'd play NWO uh, versus the WCW events, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, there, there's, I have a picture I put Randy in an armbar. <laughs> it was one of the nights he beat me or something or he or he, he fucking dicked me out of winning. Like, you know, you could play the four, four versus four, you know, and then if you get knocked out, you can still stalk the side of the ring, pull the other guy out and pummel him, you know, yeah. wear him down for the opponent. And so Randy would go out back. They'd be all out back, smoke cigarette or whatever. 
<clears throat> and um, he would be out there talking to like a couple other friends who were playing. And um, yeah, man, that's good, George. You know, he's a real threat. You know, take him out, and then we can all three wrestle each other. You know, I mean, just you gotta worry about him around the ring. You know, mm-hmm. and they would we would all jump him. Like no one would, you know, like most of the times, no one would gang up on me. They jump him. And he'd be like, what? He'd be so pissed that we'd start wrestling for real. You know, when it comes out there, <laughs> what are you guys doing? You idiots! You're break stuff. You know, I mean, stupid. But my my friend Sebastian, when I was getting at the guy from Belgium. Yeah. His brother comes over to visit him for a couple of weeks. So, never played the game at all. You know, this, uh, his brother never played. He ends up beating me because Randy, you know, I, I eliminate Randy. Like, because I used to play Kevin Nash, and you could put somebody in that sleeper hold. And even if it was in the beginning of the match, it, I don't know what the percentage you know, for this to happen, but I would put him in the sleeper hold. I wouldn't have worn him down at all, and he would, he would just be out. And I'd be like, yeah. He's like, that's a cheater move. He's so pissed about it. <laughs> so, he got me. He tried to get me eliminated all the time, and then so he, you know, Sebastian's brother wanted to play and or didn't want to play, and then we they convinced him to, and he beats me his first time ever, and I was so pissed. That's why you know, he ended up getting the armbar because of a, a chicken wing because <laughs> yeah, you fucking because I was just like you you had them all told me and you let him win. He was like he beat you. Oh, you know. <laughs> oh, I was just so pissed off, dude. We used to get so hardcore to that, you know. And I and I know that there was another, other, a couple other games, and you could make your own belts and whatever. And I made, yeah. I made, I made a character called Corpse Grinder, of course. Nice, you know? of course. Um, um, and he made this belt, this hardcore belt. And he comes over to my house one night. This I already moved into this house, so he comes over with this new uh, wrestling. You know, it was one of the WCW games. Um, he comes over and I whip his ass and take his belt and you know and so he's like well I go home I'm just gonna whip it back and I'm like that's bullshit you can't whip it back unless I have you know I mean you fight me it's my belt now yeah this is some stupid shit we be so into those wrestling games man I'm just looking through some old magazines I have and I have the old strategy guide for uh, Smackdown oh, Smackdown cool. on PlayStation, on PlayStation 2 I believe yeah. yeah yeah those, those you know? are classic and these more games now are way look way way better i just i haven't bought any of them so damn long but man they look awesome yeah uh, their creative characters are or whatever, whatever yeah. they are yeah yeah 2k that's uh, it's electronic arts right uh, i think it's 2k 2k is the company although 2k yeah i'm an idiot they'll kill me you know i went to their offices um uh-huh. and did a thing for that game evolve with uh with a bass player from uh, behemoth you know oh oh yeah yeah, yeah. i did see that yeah, that was so cool Moss, behemoth, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. So, yeah, we went and did a little demo thing, and they put it online and whatnot. Just me playing, talking trash for that game mm-hmm. involved. Yeah, yeah, because they had all the wrestling. You know, like, oh, you had all those. The, 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 they would get the basketball players and the, and the wrestlers come there, and they'd be, they'd be talking trash. And we were just, like, yeah, I'm gonna get you. You know, we were just all pulling. You know, like, you guys are death metal. You should be biting each other's faces off. You know. Yeah. We were just totally nerdy, and we, you know, <laughs> they they were egging him on, and so he started talking a little trash, and it got a little bit. It was never like. It's hardcore the other guys. I'm like, listen, if we were playing each other in football game, football, you know, PlayStation game, forget it. I used to play Eric Rutan, you know, in football. Yeah. And uh yeah, man. One time they they had they were we did a tour to internal, you know, and Eric Rutan uh has this PlayStation set up in this thing and he's talking all smack about, you know, Madden, you know. Yeah. And Yeah, so he's plays the Eagles, he's a big Eagles guy, I'm a Broncos fan. And so we play play forever. He's he beat he well he beat me well no he here's what happened he was beating me and <laughs> it's the greatest football story ever I know it's not wrestling but the huh. video game same thing either way he he's beating me and I'm driving in the field to try to tie the game up he intercepts it he's running back nobody nobody near him and I'm like oh my are you kidding me he's running the back he starts high step and he stops right before the end zone and high steps across the end zone like just. You know, be a dick. And one of my guys came up. I don't know who it was and hit him. He fumbled it. I recovered it, went down the field again, and beat him. Nice. Just because he's high-stepping across the goal line, mocking me and taunting me. That's what you get, you know? <laughs> so we used to play that all the time. We used to play all those games, and the wrestling, wrestling, the wrestling was – wrestling would devolve into actual <laughs> actual fighting. Wrestling. Yeah. In the apartment room. Yeah, it would be a real fight. You know, but we, I'd be like, oh, break your leg and – Get them to jump me, and then we'd like see a wrestling and get yelled at by the way. Yeah. You break the apartment out, you know? <laughs> my mom would uh, yell at me all the time, too, for uh, trying wrestling moves on my little sister. So I can absolutely. Do you know another? Relate. Oh, that's me. 
<laughs> when I, I was a brother, kid. So I, yeah. my little brother saw you. Know, but me and my little brother, we would wrestle too because we had I had uh, for Nintendo. He it was his Nintendo All Star Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I remember that was with Starman and yes. the Piranha. Probably would grab you, bite you, and poke you in the eye. Oh, was, oh man, that was the greatest. That is the second greatest wrestling game of all time to me. WCW, NWO Revenge, and All Star Wrestling are just hold such places in my heart. Who would you say is the most metal wrestler of all time, or wrestlers? Would it be the Road Warriors? Um, well, if you're just if you're not going because Jericho is more metal than any wrestler ever, he's in a band, you know. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean like the character, like like I don't mean the character wise. Yeah, the Road Warriors is pretty. You know, the Road Warriors are pretty damn. Yeah. As metal as it gets. I mean, he came out to Iron Man. I mean, yeah, come exactly. on, yeah. you know. I mean, right. That music fit them too. I mean, when they came out, you were like, "These guys." And dude, you listen to all the wrestlers talk. I, mean, I had the Road Warrior DVD too. Mm-hmm. It's like they beat the hell out of you for real. Like you got your ass beat, you know. Like and, and they and I remember, oh man, who was it? Uh, who was it that ran the uh, um, the AWA? Tanya uh, Vern oh, I Ganya. think right. Yeah. I think he went to them and said, like, you're going to drop the belt or lose this match or something. And they were like, and then they didn't. They went. <laughs> it wasn't a match with the other guys. We told them they were supposed to win. The real words just like, screw you. You don't care. Vern Gagne, a legend. You know what I mean? Like, a real legend and a badass. And they're right. You know, it's like, whatever, you know, real words. Yeah, they were probably, you know. I think you know, the Did they have the headbangers or something like yeah, that? But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Those guys were. It, the Road Wars, you know, the Road Wars were just—they were metal, man. You yeah. know, I mean, Jericho's the most metal wrestler, I think, as far as the fact that the dude's in a band. You know what I mean? As well as, as you know, being a wrestler and and one of the most successful wrestlers and best wrestlers ever. You know, he, yeah. he's, I love him. You know what I mean? So he's doing some of the and, best you know, work. Not of just his because I ever now. met him or nothing. You know, I mean, he's yeah. great. Just he was great anyway. I mean, I look, I loved when he, when he uh, <laughs> had the big thing with Dean Malenko. That was so great, man. Oh, that whole yeah. feud. The thousand four holds. Oh man, it was so awesome. Derek, it was great. But uh, the Road Warriors probably just, you know, mystique wise and just how they looked and then they came out to, you know, so Iron Man, Black Sabbath. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, Demolition, I think, tried that. And I'll tell you what, one of the dudes from Demolition had a sick voice, though, man. Like, he sounded like death metal almost, man. Yeah, Axe. Axe and Smash? Yeah. Yeah, dude, he he sounded like he was going to fucking vomit your face and and turn in the exorcist, man. He had a sick voice, you know? Like, (laughs) you know, I'll tell you who could probably sing death metal easily in his fucking big show. Oh, yeah, his voice. That dude could probably just go, like, louder and harder and meaner than anybody that's ever known. I believe it. Do you only follow WWE now, or do you try to follow some of the other stuff like TNA or Lucha Underground or Japan? I every once in a while, I, I really haven't followed any of that other kind of stuff. I know uh, John Davies sent me some stuff from uh, Japan. Yeah, we were um, talking about Japanese stuff. That's I yeah, feel like and, right uh, now is so good. But yeah, yeah, he he sent me some stuff from that. But again, I just you know we go on tour, man. I just forget the world lives, you know what I mean? Except <laughs> for home. <laughs> you know, but anyway, uh um Lucia, that's that's going on right now, right? There's a there's a yeah. thing to that right now. The Ray Mysterio, right? Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on uh El Guerrero, Guerrero, uh, El Ray Network. Chavo Guerrero, Guerrero or something. Chavo right? Guerrero, yeah. Uh it's yeah, really um, fun. It's really fun because they do yeah, you know like, weird too movie esque skits on there on lucha yeah yeah but wait, what, sorry, yeah what I, tna i watch here and there you know uh-huh. what i mean like i'll see one i'll i'll check it out i don't think it's i don't think it's up to like you know wwe i mean yeah. I, I don't know i mean i don't really like follow. i said i'm not as, like davy is way more hardcore than me like yeah. as far as just underground stuff and and whatnot you know so but, so, uh, so you only really watch when you're at home, like uh, how? Like it must if you're as a wrestling fan, it must be hard to keep up touring like eight months out of the year or whatever. It's it's harder, you know. Like I yeah. and then I get home, and then I just you know I'm home for a week or something. And it's like I have four or five episodes, and you're talking three hours if it's just yeah. WWE. That's I cool. never even did get the network, and I should just do it. You know what I mean? Because I know they got all these other programming and old matches that are just probably worth it just for that you know yeah you could rewatch all the horseman stuff from the from oh, the 80s and that's what they, I'm talking about they have a lot of great documentaries on there too they did one on the monday night war which was like 20 yeah. 20 episodes about the whole thing and it's a little 
biased. Like <laughs> they kind of rewrote history a little bit. Sure. But it's still sure. a fun, I mean, a fun you look gotta, back. You know. Yeah, the winners tell the are the ones who write the history books. So that's what they're doing. Uh, but cool, man. You know, like uh, I, I don't, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Uh, but thank you so much for shooting the shit about pro wrestling with me. This was really fun. Oh yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I love it. Awesome. Awesome, man. So who who's the who's the wrestler to watch for you right now? Enzo and Cast. That's the one you, you feel people need to look out for. Those guys are really cool, man. You know. Ambrose is awesome. Yeah. You know, there's there's a few different people. And like I said, there's probably some more people in there now that, that there's a couple of other guys that were, you know, that are kind of coming up yeah. before. I, you know, that I, I know the names, but I'm not really familiar with them because I just see a couple episodes and then that's it. You know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, one, one, I mean. One other thing about the Cruiserweight, uh, I mean, the WWE Network is they did like this whole Cruiserweight tournament over the summer. It was 10 episodes and it's... I the best wrestling I've seen this year. Like, so that's totally worth watching as well. It's just a bunch of cruiserweights from all over the world. Most of these guys, you never yeah. even knew who they were. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, these are, this is amazing wrestling. Yeah. And definitely, I, I, in my opinion, I mean, like, you know, just, you know, they really went from at one point where they were having a lot of these old guys out there, Yeah. you know, and, and no offense to them because, you know, I mean, like Jericho, no offense to him, he ever reads his soccer bud, but, I mean, you know, he, as far as all the new young kids that got out, he's one of the outer statesmen, you know, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Um, but they had a lot of that going on, and, and I think maybe some of these younger guys thought it was holding them back, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like everybody should be able to get their opportunity. I mean, you know, whoever's got the heat or, you know, got the crowd, it's going to be the one that's really going to get pushed the most, you know, unless you're just a total fuck-up, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, now it just seems like, the influx of young talent is, is way higher than ever. You know, yeah, as far okay. as just, you don't see as many of the guys, TNA, and I think for a while, kind of had that, where, you know what I mean? Like, they had some of the, the older wrestlers, a lot more of them, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. They not as many of the young guys that nobody, you know, like WWE is developing their own people. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it, it seems like that, I guess the place in Orlando really is doing well. Oh, because, it's so great. You know, yeah. Bring in the people nxt and all that stuff you know yeah it's going great and they yeah. really are expanding their their rosters but i'm gonna let you go uh maybe once you catch up and, and you're all caught up with the pay-per-views like maybe around royal rumble or wrestlemania we could do a little preview episode where we each kind of talk about our predictions for what we think will happen a little further down the oh line yeah sure man yeah that'd be awesome it'll vince at metal blade you know around that time and you know i mean I'm, yeah. I'm, i'll definitely be caught up i think i might just skip some stuff and just you know just go i usually been doing that you know like skip the other episodes and maybe not delete them and then just yeah. find out what happens so then i can go back and just look at the individual wrestlers and their promos and shit that i want to see you know yeah exactly you're gonna just just breeze through them with the fast forward button and then pause on the enzo and cast promos yeah, yeah. <laughs> soft <laughs> I, I can't think of a better oh. way to end it all right, man. Thank you so much. I'm going to let you go. Have a good one. All right. Take care, man. You too. It warms my heart so much that George Fisher's favorite act are Enzo and Cass. And hearing him say soft was basically the favorite part of the interview, interview to me. What did you think of the interview? Please tweet me at Squared Circle Pit. No E in circle or Facebook.com slash Squared Circle Pit. Give us a like. Let us know what you think. I was watching the New Japan King of Pro Wrestling pay-per-view all week. I, I would watch like a match here and there on a lunch break. And then, you know, there's so much wrestling going on. How do you keep up with it? But this show was awesome. And you got it. If you haven't gotten into New Japan yet and you're not necessarily satisfied with the type of wrestling that WWE brings forward, get into it. It's so good. They, they're doing English commentary on the bigger shows now. So... Uh, it kind of helps explain the storylines, although the storylines, I feel, in general, are pretty easy to follow because it's not talking. It's very competitive. It, New Japan is very sports-like. It treats the wrestling like it is a sport. So that's why it's kind of easy to follow, even if you don't understand the language. Regardless of that, there, the three main matches on the show were all great for different reasons. I think, for me, maybe the match that stuck out the most was Kyle O'Reilly versus Shibata. For the never open weight title because it was essentially like an MMA match but within the confines of a wrestling ring like the the fusion of the two styles I thought was so creative and so cool and it was so fun to watch and Shibata in general 
he's like New Japan's Cesaro to me in that he's just genuinely this awesome wrestler and always fun to watch. And then the Kenny Omega Goto match was phenomenal. I'm not even really that big of a Goto fan. I kind of think he's a little overrated, but I'm a huge Kenny Omega fan, and I think he's perfectly he's rated just right because he's amazing. And those two had a phenomenal, phenomenal match. I love that the Young Bucks come out and try to second Goto, and then they were involved a little bit. They got a table in there, and it was a really, really fun, unique match. And then the main event was just your classic New Japan main event with Marafuji facing Okada. And both of these guys are, are, are favorites of mine. I really enjoy watching them, and they put on a great match. So if you're looking for something to watch this weekend and need a break from WWE, seek out the King of Pro Wrestling by New Japan and, and try to find the one with the English commentary with Kevin Kelly and Steve Carino because, like I said, it'll help you catch up on the storylines. Also, on the Facebook page and on my Twitter page, I posted a link to a Google Drive, a folder with endless amounts of Japanese pro wrestling for free. So check that out. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Squared Circle Pit. We'll be back with a new episode in a few weeks. Until then, follow the socials at Squared Circle Pit on Twitter, no E in circle, facebook.com slash Squared Circle Pit, and I will see you in the pit.